Good morning. Welcome to Restoration Cultivation. I'm your host, Scott Alford. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time. I pray that today, as as I share what the Lord has put on my heart, I pray that it would bless you. I pray that it would bring you into truth, would bring you into life. The Lord showed me something a few years ago. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And the question I had was, is if there's an area of my life that's not free, that means truth has not had its way. I don't mean freedom in the churchianity way of I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do that. I do these things, but I'm talking about freedom in thought, freedom in action and the way you treat people with love, with kindness, with grace, with mercy, and not with contempt, not with pride, not with arrogance but in the true mind and heart of Christ. So the last podcast I did, I asked the question, is the Bible a history book or is it a book that reveals the mysteries of Father? I personally believe it is a book that reveals the mysteries of Father. It reveals the deep things, the deep hidden mysteries of life, the things that have been kept from the very foundation of the world. And I'm looking, I believe there is a verse I don't see it right off. And I believe there's a verse that even talks about the mysteries that have been kept from the foundation of the world. But looking at Genesis 1-1, the normal translation in Genesis 1-1, in say the King James, we'll use it. It says, in the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth. Now let's look at it in the Hebrew. Bereshit, bara, el hayom, aleftav, hasamayim, weet, haresh. Translated from Hebrew to English, in the beginning, created God, no interpretation for aleftav, the heavens and the earth. A couple of years ago, if some of you have been with me through some things last year, I went back and I think I've already stated that I deleted the podcast from last year because I felt my heart wasn't right. The spirit wasn't right in what I was sharing, but I had one of the podcasts. It was one of the most listened to podcasts and it was a son founded. And this is the teaching out of Genesis 1-1, and it's 
what I wanted to touch on again this morning, but with a little different heart, a little different manner, I'm not going to get into the entire verse as much as I just want to focus on the first word, Barashit. I am no Hebrew scholar. I'm no Greek scholar. I'm not even an English scholar. But in this time and season when the Hebrew letters were first presented to me, I'm going to say three years ago, and I was told they're living letters that speak. You've probably heard me testify this where I doubted, I sort of laughed, I joked. And the Lord said, you believe my word speaks? Yes, Lord, what's my word made of? Letters. Well, that began to change my whole entire thought process. And I now look at the Hebrew letters as living, as life-giving, as the things that Father used to shape and form what we call this earth and this world. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions this morning. Before Father created the earth, before he created the world, did he have a plan? And when I say did he have a plan, I'm speaking specifically about mankind. But I'll ask in this question, did he know what man was going to do? Did he know the choices man was going to make? Tradition teaches, somewhat teaches, that God created the heavens and the earth, placed man in the garden, well, made man a life-giving being, placed man in the garden, told man what he couldn't do, and what did man do? Man did what he couldn't do. Man died. Father cursed man from the garden and cursed him to work by the sweat of his brow. Oh, tradition also teaches that somewhere right before the creation that there was an angel that rebelled against the Lord, wasn't good enough for him to have to reflect God's glory or to be the image of the glory of God. Well, it'd be more reflect God's glory. But he chose to rise against that. And God cast him out of heaven. And he's cast here to the earth. And in that, he's now wreaked havoc in the earth. I'll ask you this. Take some time and go try to put that doctrine together biblically. And that's all else. Don't, don't build someone else's doctrine, but the doctrine of a, of a fallen angel Take some time and try to see if you can biblically 
take the verses of where the Lord says that in the canon Bible. So back to Genesis 1, 2, 3. Did the Lord have a plan? Was his plan that man fall and father react to these things? Because the way Genesis 3 talks about, says the Lord was walking in the cool, I don't know if it said the morning or the cool of the day in the garden, and he was calling out Adam's name, and Adam hid from him. He said, where are you, Adam? And the Lord, and Adam said, well, I was naked so and afraid, so I hid myself. Was the Lord reacting, or did Father have a plan? Did he have a plan all along? Well, about two years ago, the Lord began to show me something in this word, Bereshit. In the Greek, it is very normal to take two words, put those words together to have one meaning. A perfect example is the Greek word that's used for repent or repentance, metanoia. Meta and noia. Well, metanoia literally means, some say it means to change the mind or to change the way you think. I believe it means to change from the mind of man unto the mind of Christ. So it is a changed mind of where your process, where your thought, where is where is it coming from? But it's two words put together to form a meaning. And the Lord started showing me to look at the Hebrew in the same manner, that each letter speaks, each letter has something that it's trying to reveal. And one letter connected with, let's say, Bayet connected with Resh will have a different meaning than Bayet connected with Aleph. And even Aleph and Bayet together, Aleph first means father, Bayet with Aleph following has a different meaning. I don't know that right offhand. So it's to listen, what he began to show me is to listen to each letter as it speaks and as it's joined accordingly. An example of this that he showed me is when I am with my wife, we have one form, means of communication and operation, her and I together. When 
I am with one of my sons, I have a different means of operation and communication. When I'm with my daughter, I have an even different means and manner of operation and communication than with my sons. When I'm with my grandchildren, again, I communicate and operate differently. I'm the same person, but it's my connection with each one of the individuals that changes how I communicate and operate. Doesn't change me. It's my joining unto them that makes it different. And then when you take and put my entire family together, I act even different in that setting. And this is normal. It's not abnormal. Each of us are this way. And it's what I sense the Lord told me to how to look at and deal with the Hebrew letters and their interaction one to another. So I begin to look at the word Bereshit. It is translated into English as in the beginning. But as the Lord showed me that word, I broke it down into two. Bayet and Resh. Bayet and Resh. And I'm going to use Strong's numbers for definitions. Strong's word H1247 is bar. And it means a son a builder. And then when you look at the rest of the word, Aleph, Shin, Yod, Tav. This is the place that I, I have a little bit of question because there's not a Strong's word that is Aleph, Shin, Yod, Tav. It's Aleph, Shin, Yod, Hey. And it is Strong's H803. But I'm going to give you an example of that word means to found or a foundation. But there's another Strong's H802, which is Aleph Shin Hey, which means woman. But Strong's uses the same word. In Genesis 2.25, that is Aleph Shin Tav for wife, wife or woman. So I have no doubt there is a little different meaning here where, where hey is the breath of the Lord, or it means to behold, lo, the, the, the breath, look at what's created. Tav means to end, to begin again. And I see this word as Beat Resh, a son founded or a son's foundation that is being laid, that is beginning to begin again. 
beginning to begin again. Now, in the New Testament, there are, I think, give me one moment. I'm sorry. I had this exited out of it. I'm looking for foundation of the world. And foundation and world are used together 12 times in Scripture. In the Old Testament, it's used in 2 Samuel 22.16 and Psalms 18.15, and it's basically the same exact verse. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. That is the hay. That is that breath of life. And then the next 10 are used. Let's see, there's two in Matthew, one in Luke, one in John, one in Ephesians, two in Hebrews, one in Peter, and two in Revelation. And I had mentioned earlier about the mysteries. And in Matthew 25, 34, it says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So my question earlier was, did father react to man? Or did father have a plan from the very foundation. Did Father set a plan in order from the very beginning of the foundation of the world? Well, let's let's look at that, and I'll read a few other verses. Let me get down in here. Um, Ephesians 1, 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, you were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love not after the foundation of the world. Father did not react. He had a plan. He wasn't thrown off by man and woman's choice. Or let me rephrase that, by man and woman's direction. Hebrews 4.3 says, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world and from the foundation, it was finished. It was completed. Who said it is finished? Jesus did. Where did he say that? Hanging on the cross. He said, it is finished. Wait a minute. Scott, you said it was finished before 
And the verse there in Hebrews says it was finished from the foundation of the world. Let's read a couple of more verses. Hebrew 9, 26. For then must he have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Jesus was a mystery kept hidden until an appointed time. I'll leave that there. 1 Peter 1.20 Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest, talking about Jesus again, in these last times for you. Now let's listen to this next verse in Revelation. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. All that dwell upon the earth. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So a son founded, what did he found? The world. What is this foundation built upon? Very, very simple. It's the cross. It's the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. Bereshit bara el hayom aleftaf. In the beginning created God. Aleftaf. That's another topic that I'm not going to go into right now. But Father had a plan from the very beginning. He did not react. He did not respond. He had a plan. I said a few years ago, and probably said on the Sun Founded podcast, maybe it was one I did that was uh, first fruits. And I said, What is the first fruit of the cross? If you're thinking on that, you may say, like I did, it's the resurrection. The first fruit of the cross is the resurrection. The Lord showed me something a few weeks ago. and That's not true. The first fruit of the cross is death. 
It's death. It takes the fruit of death. It takes the fruit of burial to bring forth the fruit of resurrection life. And I know that's a different way of thinking. And I'm going to get deeper into that thought as I walk through Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. But what is the first fruit that you see in the Bible? If the first fruit of the cross is death, and if the cross is the foundation of the world, which all things are built upon, my life, your life, this world that we stand in, everything that we, we know in this physical reality and spiritual reality. What is the first fruit that we see in the Bible? I believe it's death. Many would point to Genesis 3. Later on, I'll come back and show you some verses where death occurred prior to that. So I'll leave you with this thought this morning and an understanding that everything that is before us, Father has a plan. He had a plan. He has a plan. And it is to bring glory and honor to his name. And listen to this verse again in Ephesians 1.4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So I just encourage you this morning to understand whatever you're going through, whatever you're walking through, it did not catch Father by surprise. You may have made some bad decisions. You may have walked in some wrong directions. But the cross, the first fruit that it can form within you is death. And you have to walk through that death before you can be buried and before his resurrection life can come forth. So, Father, we just ask you this morning that in the first fruit of the cross being death, that you would walk hand in hand with us as you take us through the cross in a death to self, in a death to our own thoughts, to our own ego, 
to our own desires, to pride, to um, self-exaltation, a death to offense, a death to having any rights, and bury us into the mind of Christ. Bury us into all that Yeshua, all that Jesus is. And let that mind be upon us. Let us receive your life. Let us receive your light. Teach us how to walk in your love. That as we resurrect in him, with him, through him, that Christ would be glorified. Father, we thank you for the plan that you have for our lives. Now use us for your glory and for your honor. Lord, we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.